WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Hey, Ray, isn't there the, the hip-hop song, you know, Blow the Whistle, do-do-do-do, Blow the Whistle? I heard that's Ed Hightower's favorite song. What? But more importantly... <laughs> This is the Spartan Sports Wrap, um, where whistles blown that frequently as they were Saturday, Saturday afternoon in Indianapolis aren't acceptable. So, Ray, Mara, you were in Chicago over yeah. the weekend for yeah, celebrating a, an early St. Patrick's Day? Oh, yeah, it was great. So the river got dyed green. The river got dyed green in Chicago? Yeah, well, partially. Well, there you go. Good, <laughs> good for you. And uh, Pavel Kaufman, what up? Scout.com is back uh, again. What's going on? Not much. Looking forward to this weekend. The madness starts. Let it let it begin. Uh, Brigitte, Brigitte is here. Uh, unbelievable. I <laughs> uh, didn't even see this coming. I mean, you haven't been here all year. Oh, I mean, the 2008 has been Brigitte Liss. Um, where have you been? I've been around. Favorite time of year right now. So oh, no excited. question. Um, now Michigan State plays at eight at twelve thirty Eastern time on Thursday. Here's the deal: if you're not skipping class to watch that game, uh, call us and tell us why. Five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. This is a Spartan Sports Rep on Impact Exposure. Um, more importantly, our phone lines are wide open all hour. Five one seven four three two thirty eight. 93 is the number. Our email address, email inbox, wide open all hour as well. Uh, Sports at gmail.com. Once again, that's Sports at gmail.com. Um, coming up this hour, what we've got for you, caught up with Coach Tom Izzo yesterday, uh, as well as Drew Neitzel, Raymar Morgan, Travis Walton. And we'll have those interviews for you later this hour as well. We'll take a look at... Uh, who we think will be the team MVP, uh, most improved, and uh, perhaps defensive player of this team. Uh, those awards will be handed out tonight at the team's annual banquet, uh, and those awards will be made public at 9.30 tonight. So we won't know officially until 9.30 tonight who will win uh, those aforementioned awards. But this is the Spartan Sports Wrap. We get it right Get started because we had a lot to talk about. The NCAA tournament bracket is out. We're well aware of that. Where Michigan State stands, a five seed in the South Region, playing twelfth ranked Temple. So we'll get to that matchup in a little bit. Um, but first, I want to take a break. When we return, we will talk Spartan tidbits. What's happening in other Spartan sports aside from basketball? We'll get into the NCAA tournament, and we will talk upsets as well as a little Spartan hockey for those of you hockey fans. Uh, we're back after this short break. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a gang member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org 
Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's progressive torch and twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Well, welcome back into the basement. It is Monday night. That can only mean one thing. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. 88.9 FM, we go 30 miles in each direction of Lansing. So if you're driving around the Lansing area, within 30 miles, what is it, like exit 110, about exit you know, 496 and 96. Yeah, I'll buy that. You know, you can catch us. Don't forget, you can also catch us on the World Wide Web, www.impact89fm.org. Um, and we've got a Listen Live link there as well. And in, that's in addition to our podcasts. Um, podcasts are located on the same website. Uh, simply click the podcast logo, and there you have all our previous shows. Um, just hours and hours of the Spartan Sports Wrap. Joining us, Brigitte, getting back to you. You were in Miami for spring break. I mean, I know it was two weeks ago, but you, you've been MIA f- forever. How was Miami, and did you have m- as much fun as Ray did when he got his hickey on spring break? Well, from what I heard, I don't think anybody had as much fun as Ray did. But I did have a really good time. I was in South Beach, just kicking it on the beach, going out every night. Just great way to end the what, season. What was the holiday of your trip? Um, probably just getting tan. I haven't been tan in so long, so that's Bless your heart. Bless your heart. But Spartan Tidbits, I apologize. We did have an emailer last week, and I apologize not getting to this email. Uh, Dustin Voss, track team, emailed in last week. Um, He says uh, we should give some props to some people on the track team. I meant to do this last week. I didn't. So from the top of the hour today, uh, big ups to track team. Uh, he had mentioned Nicole Bush, and uh, here's what Nicole Bush has done. Uh, she is placed in both the 3,000 and the 5,000-meter runs. I believe it was six in the 3,000 and fourth or third in the 5,000-meter run. But she's a, nonetheless, she's an All-American. Um, she she ran those. She placed that in the finals at the NCAAs. So tremendous talent, Nicole Bush. It seems like the last two or three seasons she's just been named All-American, whether it's indoor track, outdoor track. But big ups to Michigan State track, um, as well as baseball. They picked up two out of three at Quinnipiac in South Carolina. They open play Friday against Oakland, 3.05 p.m. first pitch, if it's not tremendously snowed out. Uh, but you are listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure, and whatever you did, that is amazing. My and my engineer is a is a G for that right there. Love it. Five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three is the number. Um, you know we're just working working through some technical hurdles here. You know it's not all it's not all fun and games here. You know, but if you like to get in touch, five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. Um, softball they won two or four. Also, you know, Title Nine we got to show some love to softball as well. Um, women's basketball we will know shortly. Um, seven o'clock. Uh, their selection show for the NCAA tournament was going to is happening now in Michigan State. According to ESPN's bracketology, we don't take this as the golden law, but they have Michigan State women's team as one of the last four into the tournament. 
and I think that would be such a statement. We'll start in, in we'll start with the women's tournament now. We'll get to the men's tournament in a bit. But in your first season as a head coach, to lead a team to the NCAA tournament without perhaps your best player in Aisha Jefferson, folks, your thoughts on Michigan State potentially, and as soon as the news breaks, I'll share it, potentially earning an NCAA berth in just Susie Merchant's first season. Just gives you credit for Alyssa DeHaan and Courtney Davidson being able to pick up that slack for that Aisha Jefferson left. So I think Susie Merchant's done an incredible job there. And you look, I was kind of looking at this situation of Susie Merchant, her first season, and I kind of drew a parallel to to Mark D'Antonio because there was a point in Mark D'Antonio's season, it was the crux of the season. You had to go north or south with the season. And I think it was the Michigan loss. You had to go north or south with it. And he kept the boat afloat. There wasn't a mental lapse. We took care of business. Miraculous win over Penn State. Amazing. And Susie Merchant did the same. There's a stretch of games, five, six games. We, I believe it was a five-game losing streak, something ridiculous. She righted the ship. She kicked the women out of the locker room, Tom Izzo-like, kept the ship focused in the right direction. And now they've won five of their last six, I believe, heading down the stretch here. And uh, the women's team looking to make an impact and make the NCAA tournament. How, how do you compare Susie Merchant in her first year women's basketball to Mark D'Antonio in his first season on the football field? I, I don't really, I can't really think about that. Um, I think John L. Smith left, and he left. You know, he left a lot of good pieces that Mark D'Antonio had to work with. Joanne P. McCauley left. And she left one of her good recruits here. Satira Washington came from Kalamazoo, and she's really been a great, a great note for this team that so far this year. So you think, you know, essentially looking at it, both coaches had something to work with when they arrived. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, Devin Thomas kind of the uh, uh, rose rose from concrete, essentially. You know, he had four catches the year before. In uh, Showtime, what a great! Sh- I, I talked to Showtime last week at NFL Pro Day. Um, a great guy. Uh, he he had made a comment to me that you know, I take care of the business on the field. My agent Drew Rosenhaus is the man. He'll take care of everything that needs to be done off the field. But it was good to see those guys. Oh, Jim DiNuabo, I'll tell you this. OG, a senior defensive lineman for Michigan State. Watch out. He has a shot to get drafted. Rep 225 pounds, 31 times, unofficially ran a 4.940, and uh, another one to look out for. Travis. Key ran tremendously well at NFL Pro Day last week here in East Lansing. I was really impressed with Joanne St. Deeg. I think he did one of the best of the defensive guys besides Travis Key. He ran Travis Key ran a quick forty, but Joanne St. Deeg showed up and he was leaner. He's been working out and uh, he really looked great. I think he ran a, unofficially like a four six forty or four seven something like that. Yeah, unofficially between a four six yeah. and a four seven for Joanne St. Deeg. And obviously none of this none of these <coughs> times are disclosed, but because of being in attendance, we can speculate on such things um, very wisely, I'd say. Uh, but looking aside from Devin Thomas and Kellen Davis, I want to kick this around the horn. Who will be the next Spartan drafted after, I believe, it'll be Devin Thomas in the first round, Kellen Davis in er- late second, early third? Who will be the next Spartan taken in the NFL draft? I go with uh, St. Deke. I think he has tremendous upside running, you know, sub 4740. And depending on how I don't know how he did benching or uh, the cone drills, I think he's got the most upside out of the next guys. 
Absolutely. I think it's going to be either St. Deek or Travis Key. I think Travis Key doesn't have the size. They might put him at some other position, but I think Jonas St. Deek could uh, really, really help us out. He might... He might be able to be a linebacker or something. I mean, he's leaned up. He could be a linebacker, an outside linebacker. Especially with 4-7 speed. Brigitte, yeah. the, who will be the third Spartan drafted in the NFL draft after I believe it would be Devin Thomas and then Kellen Davis? I'd probably say St. Deke, too, sack master. I mean, I'm not really aware of what he's been doing, but if it's what you guys say, I'm sure it'd be him. I, you're smart. You're a smart woman. <laughs> you're a smart woman. Your thoughts, folks, 517-432-3893 is the number. The email address, inbox wide open, all hour, wdbmsports at gmail.com. That's our email address. Um, like you said, Travis Key ran extremely well. He's, he kind of reminded me of a poor man's Bob Sanders. Um, you know uh, what, what his time was? Uh, in the oh, 40? Is, four uh, it was sub 4-6. Four, 4-5-8 four, or something. Yeah, and Jay, let's not forget about J.U. Kalkrick. Folks, he looked like a monster. He he had leaned up as well. He ran a four six five in Indianapolis. That's better than Mike Hart with two hundred and fifty whatever pounds on that frame. He is a monster. Look out! I think now that you really examine it, I think there's going to be a lot of Spartans drafted. You're going to have Devin Thomas early. You're going to have Kellen Davis early. Then you have Irvin Baldwin, who spoke to me personally and said the Cleveland Browns are very interested in. Him. So maybe he goes to Cleveland. You're going to have Ojimdi Nwabo, who will go late round. You're going to have P. Clifford, a solid offensive lineman who who moved well and looks like he lost a lot of weight. You're going to have OG. Travis Key could go late. A poor man's Bob Sanders, it reminds me of. And then, you know, Nehemiah Wark is still out there. Had a cousin, Peter Wark, who played in the league, so he's got some league connections. Um, to be honest, someone who was going for the NFL dream, that was unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen, Antonio Smith. Um the 40 time was above 5. It was a 5-1. Um, you know, I'm not going to hate Tone Smith. He looked physically great. You know, I'm not checking out a man, but he, physically he looked amazing for 31. The speed just wasn't there. And to not, having not played football, it's just such a rare circumstance that he would make to the NFL. Uh, but, I mean, God bless him for the effort that he put into preparing for the NFL Pro Day. Well, I showed up, and the first time I saw Antonio at the Pro Day, I was like, wow, he's in really good shape. He's 32 years old, and he hasn't played football since junior year of high school, 1993. Mm. And he's going out for the NFL. He must have to be a freak athlete to make that switch from basketball to football like Antonio Gates or, you know. I mean, you look at some of these Olympic sprinters that that are running that could run 4-2, 4-3, but are having a tough time making but, it yeah, into the Yeah, look at Orlando league. Bloom, I mean. From Colorado. I mean, he was a skier, but he, Jeremy you know. Bloom. Was it Jeremy Bloom? Orlando Bloom. Yeah. <laughs> Orlando Bloom's the actor. Yeah, Jeremy Bloom. My bad. But, uh, yeah, he was a you know, 4-3-40, and he hasn't done anything. Uh, but your thoughts on the NFL draft. Michigan State should show well. Uh, Coach Mark D'Antonio was in attendance the whole pro day last Wednesday, um, and that was Michigan State's spring football preview because of the enormity of the NCAA tournament. We're going to hold off on our spring football preview and I also am attending practice tomorrow, so I'll have everything for Michigan State spring football next Monday. Uh, just the circumstance of the NCAA tournament and the selection and all the things that occurred this weekend, uh, we're going to kick spring football off next Monday. And I think they go two weeks, right? 
So next Monday will be about the midpoint of spring practice. Uh, some quick notes in regards, just to let you know, Javon Ringer will most likely not take part in hitting drills in spring practice. Had a little shoulder cleaned up, nothing to worry about there, just common uh, clean-up shoulder surgery. He'll be fine. He feels fine. He told me personally he's ready to go, just Coach D. Precautionary uh, with Javon Ringer. That's the second straight spring practice he's been limited. Last year was his knee. He was coming off that torn ACL. So uh, I don't think it really mattered now, did it? <laughs> no. And I think Javon's eyeing so two, no, 2,000 no yards. Worries. No worries that he's missing spring ball. Oh, not at all. I mean, especially when the player himself wants to be out there. I'm sure, you know, and how much are they going to hit anyways? You know, he's a running back. How much do they hit in practice regularly anyway? You know, they have to preserve that, those legs. And, you know, if it's a knee or something or an ankle, you're a little more worried. Uh, but uh, that's about it for Michigan State spring football. We'll have the official preview next Monday, I promise got all types of good info. Talked to a lot of guys. Um, some holes to fill, offensive line, defensive line, wide receiver. You know, perhaps I think we're extremely deep. Who's going to be the go-to? I think that will be battled out in the spring as well. We'll talk all that next week. But more importantly, NCAA tournament. We'll get right into it. Your thoughts right off the top. Where will Michigan State go? How far will this team go? Are they one and done? As Huge said on his show this early this afternoon from three to six, uh, he said Michigan State's one and done. I don't think so. Uh, MSU is a five seed. They play twelve seeded Temple Thursday, twelve thirty p.m. Eastern on CBS. Big Ten tournament recap quickly. Do we have? We to? got fisted out of. We got whistled out of the semifinals by Ed Hightower and his crew. How about this? In the past two seasons, Tom Izzo has gotten three technical fouls. Two of them have been whistled by Ed Hightower, the official that in part called 30 fouls on Michigan State, one shy of the Big Ten tournament record. Michigan State edged by Wisconsin 65-63. Your initial thoughts on the game. In hindsight, it's not all to blame on the officials. We should have made some plays late, but darn it. All those fouls, four players falling out, ridiculous. And like I said, a conference that prides itself in playing hard, playing tough defensively, is getting whistled for every hand check and weak flop. I thought I was watching Manu Ginobili in the San Antonio Spurs when I saw Landry throw his 6-7 frame backwards when he was tapped. Weak, soft, unbelievable. Your thoughts? It absolutely made me sick. We're up 12 with eight minutes left. They're calling love taps on ID inside. You go inside, you're going to get a foul on Michigan State. I think if any team looks at the tape from that game, they're going to be like, okay, let's drive inside on Michigan State because they have problems staying out of foul trouble. They'll drive. Pittsburgh, he's got a great guy, LeVance Fields. He should just drive if we play him in the second round. It, that's a possible matchup. I think LeVance Fields could just drive and have a field day like that. No pun intended. <laughs> there it is. Um, but we look at, you know, we're not going to say the, the fouls lost the game, but here's the deal. The fouls adjusted the, the environment of the game. And when you lose that depth, and when you have to have Travis Walton guarding Marcus Landry, 6'2 on 6'7, 6'8, it's unbelievable. From the sideline, Coach Izzo was saying, I'm playing guys I haven't played in a month. Isaiah, Isaiah Dahlman. But you know what? They held it down. And it was at the end of the first half? It was Tom Herzog and Isaiah Dahlman on there for at least five minutes. Was it Chris, Chris Allen was in there too, I think? They held it down. 
Chris you know, Allen made we three didn't, big We plays. didn't really m- miss a beat. You know, they busted their tail and held it down. And it's unfortunate. You know you got screwed when Drew Sharp in Detroit writes a column about Michigan State having a victory stolen from them. And you and you know how Drew Sharp writes in regards to MSU. You know, great guy. Had a great time in Indianapolis, let me tell you. Great time. Went to the Big Ten Network party. Had a great time there. You know, mingled with some guys, Pat Forty, ESPN. Had a, it, was, it was a good party. I was surprised, you know. Was it a few weeks ago, Izzo said the Big Ten Network is a PR nightmare. You know, they gave away some free drinks and free food, you know, that, that'll, that'll even things out, you know. They're, they're great. The Big Ten Network's amazing. And it seems as if they're going to make a deal with Comcast before football starts. So that's, that's a good sign. Uh, but looking to the NCAA tournament, cause, uh, we, we know what happened in the, in the Big Ten semifinals of the tournament. We got jobbed, screwed, whatever you want to call it. Michigan State did not deserve to have 30 fouls called on them to what Wisconsin's 18. Unbelievable. Brigitte, your thoughts. Talk to me. To go to that, I mean, you knew in the first play when they were calling fouls that the game was going to be refereed very tightly. So as a team, you have to go accordingly, and those little hand checks that normally you might be able to get away with, you have to make adjustments. And I'm not saying that there wasn't bad officiating or anything, but you do have to make those adjustments, and that's just part of being a smart defensive player and just guarding the ball, keeping the reach-ins to a minimum, and I mean, it was just so disappointing to see a 12-point loss end in a loss. Yeah, I got you. But I like what you say. The rest kind of set the tempo early. Early. Like, you know, here's how it's going to be called. They gave them a chance to make the adjustments before it would cost them the game. But I do think something needs to be done, as many writers have suggested. We're a conference that prides itself in defense, that prides itself in hard play. And when you're penalizing guys for playing hard, it's it's like in football. They say there's a holding penalty on every play on the offensive line. But you can't call it. The game would just not flow. You can't blow a whistle every time there's insignificant contact away from the ball or in the lane. Big men are going to bang down low. Offensive linemen in football are going to get rough. Especially late in the game, too. Mm-hmm. Like, we saw, like we saw in hockey last night at Mun Arena. And as as I speak about hockey, who walks in? The, our brother, Jamal Spencer. He mu- You must have smelled hockey, bro. Suited up. Cheesing. Uh, Jamal Spencer joins us quickly from ABC3. Jamal, what's up, brother? Nothing much, man. Coming back from the uh, basketball banquet. It was a good deal. It was real nice. Good for, good for you. You get some food in you? Man, I had to leave before. <laughs> I'm going back, though. Please believe. <laughs> I'm getting my plate. All right. Quit. We're we're here talking NCAA tournament at Michigan State. We've already touched on Nicole Bush in cross country. Baseball winning 2-3. Softball 2-4. And women's basketball, they find out their tournament destiny, whether it's the NIT, the WNIT, pardon me, or the NCAA tournament. I think they'll go to the NCAA tournament. But Neitzel, this weekend, Neitzel proved, one, why he is MVP of this team, perhaps co-MVP, however you want to look at it, and why he can play in the NBA. Here's the deal. People want to knock on Neitzel not being able to create his own shot. You look at the way defenses were played in the Big Ten and in college basketball, Neitzel's got at most six games left. There's more help defense in college. There's more of an emphasis on team defense at the collegiate level. When you get to the pros, it's more of a one-on-one game. You catch your defender with a ball fake or a sweep and go and get him off balance and get some separation, Drew Neitzel will get buckets at the NBA level. I think this weekend he proved why. He, he got angry. 
He played with a sense of urgency. He got more of that gunslinger mentality, as Coach Izzo calls it. And he proved why, number one, he deserved first-team All-Big Ten and why he'll be able to play in the NBA. Am I saying he's a first-round pick? No. But Drew Neitzel would be able to play and contribute in the NBA. Your thoughts. And your thoughts on Neitzel's spectacular weekend. I think Neitzel's weekend reminded me exactly of a Syracuse player a couple years ago, Jerry McNamara. I mean, he comes in, and you see this. You see a guy who says, I'm done playing. I have X number of games left in my college career. What's the worst that could happen? I'm going to shoot carry the team on my back and go as far as I can. Unfortunately, a couple whistles prevented him from going as far as he should have gone. But in the Big Ten tournament, he really put the Spartans on his back, said, follow me, I got you. But unfortunately, I disagree. I do not think he will be in the NBA because, just like Jerry McNamara, he's short, he's not athletic. So those are two things working against him. He's not that quick off the dribble. He has great ball handling skills. Don't get me wrong, he can handle a rock. But in terms of penetration, I don't give him that explosiveness to the basket and you know he's not going to be a shooting guard at six feet so i i know that he can shoot the lights out but hey if jj reddick can't crack the rotation i don't know if drew Neitzel can so. i think it just it, it all depends as in in like we talked about last week in certain situations you have to fit a system <clears throat> why shannon brown moeg or paul davis aren't playing it, it's kind of you right place right time you know graduating from college you know you're trying to find that crack into the to the job world you, you know, you get matched up, you get in the right system, the right company, their needs, your your talents, and you crack the lineup, you know? I mean, Same thing in the NBA. Mo Ager may be talented, but he has to sit the bench in Jersey while he learns the system and plays behind Vince Carter. And you hit the nail on the head, right place, right time, because I guarantee you Vince Carter won't be in Jersey for the next, you know, for longer than the next two years. Now they're going to run Mo Ager and Richard Jefferson, and I like, I really like that. That could work. It's for Paul Davis. He's playing behind Chris Kamen, so... You know, you're right. If if you get drafted or you get picked up by the right team, you can make an impact. Like I think JJ Redick will still make an impact in the league. He just needs to be on a Jordan S team where he can just like Phoenix, where he can just sit on the three point line and wait for a kickout. Cleveland. Hey, look at Darko. As soon as he gets traded by the Pistons, he can show a little of what he can do. And not not anymore. <laughs> he had his 15 games, but uh, your thoughts five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three is the number. The email address wdbmsports at gmail dot com. I tell you, the reason it's so unfortunate for Neitzel because he's been passing up shots all year long, and Tom Izzo has been saying it. He can't, he can't jump inside Drew Neitzel's head and, you know, tell him, you know, know what he's doing. But it's a matter of us having way too much sometimes. Too many shooters. He passes up his shot, but you see in the Big Ten tourney, he's going up the fast break. He's pulling up and shooting, not even waiting for him to set up. He's pulling up and shooting. Not passing up this, any shots. T.I. said today that the shots that he took in the Big Ten tournament, there were at least ten shots in both of those games that he passed on during the regular season. He would come off the screen, not hesitate, and go up and either get fouled or he got a great look. And the reason he didn't take those shots in the regular season is because he told Izzo, I think I'm going to get fouled. Izzo says, good, you're a 90% free throw shooter, so you know, take the contact. Oh, all but, day. You know, it's, it's all mental. Now he's playing ball. Well, Coach Izzo spoke today on the Michigan State men's basketball seeding, their five seed in the South. Um, they would play Temple Thursday, 12.30 p.m. Here's Coach Izzo's initial thoughts on the Spartans' five seed. Okay, well, I, uh, I think normally I'd, I'd wish for a Friday sa- Sunday, but to get the sour taste of my mouth, maybe it's just as good to play Thursday and, and start moving on. I think that's what this team has to do, and... Um, Temple, I know a little bit about him. I know their coach. We played him when he was at Penn. 
very, very well-coached team and a team that had to start playing better and better as the year went on to win that league with Xavier St. Joe's and Dayton in the league. Um, but I think as, as most games go this time of year, you you got to scout the opponent, but you got to get your team playing well, and I think that's what our emphasis has to be on. Uh, we've got some renewed life, I think, in Neitzel, and uh, I felt Lucas played awfully well, and we just got to get our bigs playing a little bit better again. You know, we've we've been a little bit uh, flip-flopping around, it seems like, not getting everybody to play good at the same time. But if we do, I think we have a chance still to make a good run, and uh, I, I thought a five seed was more than fair. I thought we might be a five. I thought we, we could be a six. When I saw Indiana as an eight, I thought we could be a seven. And... Uh, and yet when I saw, you know, where Wisconsin ended up, it made the loss yesterday even all the harder uh, in a way because uh would have given our right arm to have an opportunity to play in Detroit, but I did not even dream that would happen once we got beat. So I'm excited about it. I think our team is. I think we had our day of, of mourning. Um, it lasted a little longer than usual, but uh, we're going to bring them back tonight. we got 17 tapes on one and 28 on the other, so I'm in hog heaven. You know, that's, that's good for me, and we'll get some work done tonight, bring the team in a little bit, a little hard because we'll probably have to leave Tuesday night, make sure we can get some practices in here. But at the same time, as I said, it might be good to start moving on right away. That was Michigan State men's basketball head coach Tom Izzo. First off, folks, your initial thoughts when you saw Michigan State five-seed flash across the screen matching up against a Temple team that won the Atlantic 10. I'm, I was pleased. I mean, a five seed is more than deserving for Michigan State. I mean, you knew it was either going to be a five or a six. We weren't going to get to four or three unless we won the Big Ten tournament, which we didn't. So a five, te- a five seed is good, and then they got a Temple team that they can beat. So it's a, it's, it's a perfect seeding for Michigan State. Pavel, your thoughts? Michigan State a, five seed. It was disappointing because we weren't going to go to the Detroit region for the tournament, and it was disappointing that we went so far as Denver. I, I thought we were going to be a five seed. I thought we were, you know, maybe going to go to Washington D.C. or something, but not as far as Denver. Maybe Tampa. Maybe, maybe Tampa, D.C. Raleigh. The site of the women's Final Four, April sixth through eighth. But I was I was pleased with the matchup, and uh, we we have a pretty good bracket, and it, it, we could do some things. I mean, pe- really people people it. want to break it down and say, you know, tough road this, tough road that. If you make it to the Final Four, it's a tough road. I don't want to hear that, oh, UCLA's got such a cakewalk. Any game outside of a 116, I might even, a 116 or a 250 is winnable by either team. Winnable by either team. You look, so what games does that leave us with, a 314? No, if you make the NCAA tournament, there's a reason. Um, I see Kansas State at an 11 seed making a run with player of the year Michael Beasley. Be easy. And I see Duke a two seed. These are my initial thoughts on the bracket. A Duke a two seed. Are you kidding me? Duke. P- pathetic. Why is Duke a two seed and Wisconsin not? This is the same team that lost to Clemson in the ACC tournament, right? And what's Clemson? Like a six seed or something? And like what that? has Wisconsin done? Just won the Big Ten title and the Big Ten tournament title? They backed into the Big Ten tournament title because Purdue lost. You know, look at the schedule Purdue had coming down the stretch. Look at Wisconsin had. Like you said, Northwestern? No no way Wisconsin was the best team in the Big Ten this year. So Duke is a two-seed. Very 
very o- over-seeded there. I don't think they're a two-seed at all. Um, watch out for Texas. They're in the south. If they get to the regional, it's going to be very tough to beat them. In Houston is where that regional is taking place. Um, you look at Michigan State. Where do I think they're going? In my heart, I wanted to win it all. Come on now. Um, I see Oregon causing a problem for Memphis, perhaps. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great game when we match up with Memphis, I think, because I think Memphis gets past Oregon. Um, unlike Huge, I think Michigan State does not get upset in the first round. Um, looking over to the east, a North Carolina and Indiana matchup in the second round? North Carolina does not like that pod over there. They do. If, if I'm Roy Williams, I'm not liking that at all. Regardless of what has happened to Indiana, it is one and done time. Teams play totally different in the tournament than they have during the regular season. Indiana has a tremendous score in Eric Gordon. They have a consistent post presence in DJ White. And they play defense. Your thoughts on that that potential matchup, Indiana-North first, Carolina? First of all, I think that might be the most exciting game in the tournament. Look on paper. You know there will be upsets. You know there will be buzzer beaters. But the way that game looks right now, I would I would watch that game all day. Because you got Tyler Hansborough against DJ White. you got Ty Lawson and Eric Gordon. You got a couple X factors mixed in there, so the players themselves are evenly matched in my eyes. But what, you, what no one's going to talk about is you have a coach who's only coached maybe five games going into the biggest tournament of all time, and against a coach who's already won national championships and is going to go down as one of the greatest coaches of all time. So I'm going to give North Carolina the edge just off of that alone. But I do think that's going to be a great game. And we look at the. Five twelve games, people always pick upsets in the five twelve. Last time Michigan State was a five seed, we went to the Final Four in St. Louis. Uh, Coach Izzo today, he spoke on that notion. Seth Davis from CBS said, I pick Temple to beat Michigan State in the five twelve game. And like I said, other than the one sixteen or the two fifteen, any team can win those other games. So don't even give me the five twelve historic crap. Any team can win. There will be upsets as are every year. It's not going to be all one seeds in the Final Four. You watch. Here's Coach. Here's what Coach Izzo had to say about the whole notion of five seed versus twelve seed. I do think we've been getting better. I think we played well against Indiana. I think we played well against Illinois. I thought we played well at Ohio State for thirty six minutes. I thought we played. You know, some of those games are. It's it's hard to evaluate the last game because when I watched the tape again this morning, I watched it on the way home on a bus last night. But you realize not just who we had in there, but at what positions we had some guys and some different plays we tried to run. You know, just weren't going to work because all of a sudden Travis is setting the final screen just because some of the other guys didn't know how to change positions and he can play all five of them and they could switch out easier, do different things. Um, but I do think in general we're playing better and it's it's great when your, your, your lead guy is playing really well and I think your point guard's playing pretty well. I mean, uh, there's no question that Kaelin Lucas is taking some serious steps uh, in the right direction, and or like always happens, I think, in life, um, maybe at the most critical juncture, you learn the biggest lessons. That was Coach Tom Izzo just speaking on the team and, you know, certain situations, players getting better throughout the year. We see Kalen Lucas, um, perhaps one of the most improved players from be- beginning of the season until the end of the season, um, as we see another improved player in Drew Namick from season ago to today. But we'll get to the season accolades here in a minute. Um, are you buying into the five twelve upset? And if so, is Michigan State that upset? Absolutely not. I'd say George Mason over Notre Dame could be a bigger, more likely 
5-12 matchup. So I'd look at look at the East region because anything can happen there. It's the toughest region. Oh, definitely. I mean, Michigan State's got one of the best chances in my eyes of moving on to the next round. No knock on Temple, but let's be honest. Michigan State's got the better athletes. They can get out there and they can win that game. But like, like he said, George Mason and Notre Dame are so evenly matched. I'll take George Mason in that game too. So how far does MSU go? We look at, first of all, first-round matchup against Temple. I don't know if Huge did his homework, but he picked Michigan State to lose in the first round. Okay, here's the deal. Temple is going to get out and run. Deontay Christmas, their leading scorer, scores 20 a game, 6'5 guard. We can somewhat neutralize that with Travis Walton. He shot almost 300 threes this year. The, the X factor, how about Temple's rebounding margin? Negative eight-tenths of a rebound. Where's ours? Double figures. Okay, folks? You have to look at things that are going to win the game. We will control the glass. And if Temple wants to hoist threes all day, go ahead. You live by the three, you'll die by the three. Michigan State, and like Coach Izzo says, go to, go to win the weekend. Michigan State wins the weekend. They advance to the Sweet 16. When they do, we'll talk where they go next. I'm taking this a weekend at a time. I, I understand. And, you know, I, I got to watch a little film on Temple today, and their win over St. John's in the uh, eight in the what the Atlantic Ten. Yep, championship game, and they have a poor man's Kalen Lucas because their guard's about five ten, five eleven, speedy little guy. They got a poor man's Raymar Morgan, you know, six five six seven tweener who doesn't know what he wants to do with himself yet. But I just look at that team, and it is a matchup made in heaven for Michigan State because they got the exa- almost the exact same guys lining up across from us, and no front court presence at that, as you mentioned with the rebound margin. So Tom Izzo, give him, give him a week, give him two days in March, I guarantee you he will pick you apart because we have one of the best video staffs in the country. So. Oh, absolutely. Big ups to the video staff. Got to give a shout-out to the guys because I know they're grinding. I left the office last night after putting the stats together uh, at 1230, and their cars were still there. Um, Brian Tibaldi over there, Kevin Paga, all the managers and fellas, I know you guys are grinding. Nick over there. Keep up the good work, prepping the team for the tournament. I know you guys are grinding. What coach say they had like over twenty tapes of Temple already, already, already had twenty tapes, and they also have the X Factor and Brian Gregory at Dayton. Dayton played Temple ex- more than twice this year, I think. Yep. Gregory, as Joe Rexroad wrote, will probably knows the socks that Temple's going to wear to the game, and don't think Izzo hasn't already been on the horn with Brian Gregory discussing the possible matchup exploitations, the possible areas that Michigan State can exploit Temple, what Temple might try to exploit out of us. So Brian Gregory, an X-factor there for Michigan State. But how far does MSU go? Are we going to take it a weekend at a time as well? I mean, we can we can say that to be PC or you know, say what we think is right, but I'm going to throw this out there and be serious. I think they go to the Sweet 16. They beat Temple. They're probably going to beat Pitt in the second round. Then they're going to go up against that buzzsaw that is Memphis, and I don't see Michigan State, you know, slaying Goliath in that one. But I do think they get to the Sweet 16, or you know, at least the round of 32, you know, in Houston, and uh, they're gonna they're gonna lose that one. I, th- I think I think they make it to the Sweet 16, but I think Pitt is gonna be a monster to take down because Pitt is playing the best out of any team. They just beat Georgetown in the Big East tournament. Anybody who could take down Georgetown, Roy Hibbert. 
I mean, Roy Hibbert is a joke to me. Is, is it, he is not going to do anything in the league. He's going to get dunked on. <laughs> okay. But you can't look past Pitt. I, no, I, oh, no, I've you watched can't, some of their games. You can't put, look past a healthy Pitt, which I think is key for Michigan State to realize. And the guys are confident. You know, how much is this going to linger, the Wisconsin loss? I don't think that much because Coach Izzo is already looking ahead to Pitt and already talking about Pitt, but at the same time, he's not overlooking. The first round matchup. Brian Gregory's Dayton Flyers beat Pitt also this year. So, and they didn't make the tourney. Brian Gregory's on speed dial this week. I know that. As I was talking to him every so hour. The whole weekend, hour. the X Factor is Brian Gregory. Brigitte, how far does Michigan State go in this tournament? Um, I too like them at 16. We'll just stop for there. But um, I think, you know, they've shown against Wisconsin that if they have all the right pieces, they could win. So I think Memphis, if they do advance to the Sweet 16, it'll be a great game. I think they do have the potential to beat them, but we'll just take it a weekend at a time. Ray, what's good, bro? I'm going with the Sweet 16. I think Pitt's going to be a tough hurdle, and then the matchup against Memphis will be tough as well. So, Your thoughts, how far does Michigan State go in this NCAA tournament? 517-432-3893 is the phone number. The email address, wdbmsports at gmail. Dot com. Um, your final four teams then, folks. I've got Georgetown coming out of that uh, two seed in there. I've got North Carolina. I've got Texas. And in the other bracket. The West. Right. And then there's one I'm forgetting. Uh, UCLA. Miss- yeah, that's that's why I got UCLA. But I got UNC winning it all. So. That's a, t- that's a top-heavy bracket, ones and twos. Ones and twos because, you know what, I really, I really see it happening because whereas these other seeds have a superstar freshman, you know, UNC, North Carolina, you know, UCLA, Georgetown, they've got more than one option. So I, I really see these teams. Plus, they, they've got the experience. One thing I've learned, though, is you never pick Kansas because Kansas will always blow it. Uh, the big, a Big 12 team hasn't won the NCAA championship yet in the existence of the Big 12 Conference. So if you, you're you picking Carolina to win it? i got Carolina to win it. Hey, that's not a bad pick. I mean, they play they're, – they're not reliant on finesse – as maybe Carolina teams have had in the past, they play tough. They play hard. You know, I can respect Carolina because Hansborough plays balls to the wall. Mm-hmm. And they know they've got a speedy guard in Ty Lawson. They can shoot. They're going to score a lot of points. They're deep. Got a coaching. They got what they need. So, uh, you know, I can't disagree with Carolina. Pavel, your final four. UNC, Texas, uh, UCLA, and the Midwest region really confuses me because – at first, I picked Kansas, but then they really like to crush everyone's brackets every year. And then Clemson is playing the hottest out of anybody. I see. I could see Clemson knocking off Kansas and finding out Georgetown for the Final Four. So it's either Clemson or Georgetown in the Midwest. Same, got the same thing. Your thoughts on who will make the Final Four? The, will the Spartans be there? 517-432-3893 is the number. I did get a chance to catch up with Drew Neitzel yesterday. The captain reflected on the NCAA tournament and he putting a team on his back. And here's what Captain Drew Neitzel had to say: It's my job to, uh, you know, maybe in certain situations put the team on my back and and carry us a little bit with, uh, you, you know, the the situations that I've been through in, in my four years. You know, you got to have strong guard play. Um, you know, turnovers are a huge huge factor in tournament games. Um, you know, because every possession matters so much more. Um, and you really have to manage the game. You know, you can't afford a, a three or four minute spurt where you, you go brain dead and a team makes a 10-0 run. You know, you can't afford those kind of things in, in the tournament. So um, guards really have to 
to, to lead and, and control the tempo of the game. But um, I think there's a lot of things. You know, our, our, our big guys definitely have to step up. Um, you know, they, they could be the X factor for us. If we can get some good production out of some of them, um, you know, that can give us that extra edge. That was guard Drew Neitzel. Drew Neitzel put the Spartans on his back this weekend, leading them to the Big Ten Tournament semifinals, scoring, what, 28 points in then 20, 26? 26. Unbelievable. The kid is spectacular. Um, first team all Big Ten. So definitely showed why over the weekend against two solid defensive teams. Um, and against Michael Flowers. The player that shut him down in the, uh, the other game. And that just shows... Mindset, killer mentality, little killer instinct. Drew Neitzel, balling. So watch out. He's playing well, and I don't think Raymar Morgan's going to play this poorly much longer. Ugh. You get a Raymar Morgan producing. Um, you get a big to chip in some buckets, and we're going to be running. And that's when Michigan State's at our best, I believe. We're running against Indiana, our best game of the year. We scored over 100 points and won by over 20 against one of the top 20 team 20, 25 teams in the nation um here's my my final four at michigan state by default <laughs> um you call me a homer call me slappy whatever there's vested interest there michigan state signs my check how about that okay that's a good enough reason how about that um out of uh the west um it's it's a difficult one i it, you know first round upset i will say baylor's gonna knock off purdue you see that one too yeah absolutely baylor playing a tough big 12 they uh, took what Texas to three overtimes, mm-hmm. and uh, they've played you know Texas, Kansas, Oklahoma, a bunch of teams in the NCAA tournament. And Purdue, all these freshmen, all these young guys, it's gonna catch up with them. UCLA's coming out of the West, no doubt. Uh, Duke may get may be down there battling them, but uh, guess what? Phoenix is a long way from Durham, North Carolina. I look at Xavier beating Duke. Oh, oh, no question. Xavier, tremendous. Xavier against UCLA um, to get to the Final Four. Michigan's Mr. Basketball, Brad Redford's going there to Xavier. Now, this kid is a, he's kind of like a poor man, Drew Neitzel, ain't he? <laughs> right. Yep, you're right. He's, this kid scores a spectacular amount of points for Frankenmuth this year. Um, Jermon Green, by the way, Michigan State recruit, he won the Class A title, men's basketball. Second straight title. Second straight title. And uh, I talked to Tim, I got a class with Timbo Grack, his former Michigan State guard. He said he attended the game and watched and said Dramond Green looked spectacular. He looked quick on his feet, great footwork, great hands, and he may be heavy, but the boy can move. He's the best passing big man I've seen in person. Now, granted, you know, I'm not, I haven't seen a lot of high school big men who went D1 at an elite program, but the way he had the ball passing out of the post, he had the ball on the three-point line, finding cutters. He had 26 points, I believe, in 28 minutes to go along with 19 rebounds. Yeah. He was all over the place, and he even kissed the S after accepting his state medal. He bent down and kissed the S for his last high school game. I like that. I like that. He's ready to be here, man. I think um, on the other side, they played Pershing, and uh, they got a couple of recruits the MSU's looking at. They got Derek Nix. If we ever wanted a post presence at MSU, he's 6'10", 250, 260. Yeah, he's on that Sean Rogers level. And then they got Keith Appling, class of 09. Uh, they've got some great guys that MSU's looking at, Pershing. Draymond did his thing, though. Uh, sorry about that side note there, but, you know, we got to show love to the Michigan State recruits. Back to the south, Michigan State moving to the Midwest quickly. Um, I do like Kansas State to come out of there. I just think the combination of Michael Beasley, depth may not as be as important in the tournament. Uh, two tremendous players. Mike Beasley's going to get buckets. I see them, and like you said, Kansas. 
You know, after Kansas, I don't like Georgetown. Kansas State, how about that? If if Kevin Durant couldn't do it with DJ Augustine, I don't think Michael Beasley is going to get it done. Even though Beasley is probably better than Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. I just don't think that he's at that level yet that he can take a team for six games in a row against some elite teams. That's so. a, I like that's a great point. I mean, we see what LeBron did against the Pistons, but it only went so far. Carmelo, exactly. when it, when he, it, he did it with Jerry McNamara, you know. But okay, well, we we can go that all day. And, and out of the East, like I said, North Carolina. Now. Now North Carolina and Michigan State playing in the championship. And that'll be a great game. I mean, because honestly, if as Michigan, I say that under my breath, if Michigan State ever gets that far and they get a chance against North Carolina, they've been the underdog probably ever since their second game. If they get to the Final Four, they got nothing to lose. If they get to that championship game, I would be afraid to play Michigan State. I don't care oh, who I'm going up against. No question, and it's so wide open. And Dickie V even has Michigan State as one of his sleepers to get to the Final Four. But I'm, I know you were talking about, you know, there's no easy road. But let's be realistic. North Carolina's first two games, I believe, in Raleigh or Charlotte, and then their next two games after that are either in Raleigh or Charlotte. You know, I'm flip-flopping. Obviously, it's one or the other. Raleigh, so then they, Charlotte. They don't leave North Carolina until they get to the Final Four. So, hey, you know, they've, they've got a pretty good road, too. If MSU can hit their stride at all, if they can put it all together, they're going to be one dangerous team, and I could see them going to the Final Four. They have not shown that all year. They can't put it all together. In one game. You never know. It's magic, baby. It's March know. Madness. Come on. We call us slappies, whatever. The e- Gmail inbox is wide open as I see someone has taken advantage. Uh, Tony Costello. We know Tony. Tony, Big Tony up. G. What, what up, Tony G? We show some love. Can't hit, Memphis can't hit a free throw. Can't hit a three. Walton is going to shut down Rose. Someone from Memphis is going to get kicked out late in the game while the Spartans are... <laughs> are ahead for, for throwing a punch. <laughs> the entire team is composed of thugs. Unfortunately, the Spartans are going to be knocked out by Texas in the rematch. That would be in the Sweet 16. Final four, UNC, Georgetown, UCLA in Texas. So two number ones and two number twos. UNC over Texas for the title. That's Tony Guistella hitting us up on the email. You can do likewise. WDBMSports at gmail. You're a smart uh, man, Tony. We'll, we'll see, though. We'll how, see. <laughs> how rude have, have I been, Brigitte? Can I get your final four, sweetheart? Uh, I guess we'll take UNC, uh, UCLA for sure. I'm going to go with Georgetown. I'm going to go with them. And then I'm going to take Memphis. Oh, so you're so. gonna you're gonna ride the weak <laughs> conference. We'll your, see. Your in three weeks, we'll see. I agree. Right, I just, we'll, you know, we'll see. I love how it all plays out because there's gonna be some picks, and everyone's gonna be like, "Are are you kidding me? That right. Siena beat Vanderbilt <laughs> <laughs> right in the first round, and, and it's gonna happen, and, and it's gonna happen quick. That's why I love the NCAA tournament. Things turn around so yeah. fast. We're playing Thursday, Saturday. You know, you don't have time to sit and ponder on things. You you move forward and you keep it going. But Michigan State plays Temple Thursday. 12.30 Eastern Time. That's going to be on CBS. Gus Johnson with the call. I'm getting the A-team. I like it. So uh, Michigan State plays Temple, and then uh, they would play the winner of Pittsburgh and Oral Roberts. So keep your eye. There's going to be upsets. There is every year. So let's not bank on having all number one seeds in the Final Four. Uh, there's, I, I have a feeling that there's going to be some sh- some major, major shakeups. A team like Duke or Memphis could get beat very early. If you look at Memphis having to face possibly Oregon or Mississippi State in the second round, and then you look at Duke having to go against West Virginia or Arizona, and then eventually Xavier, look out. So many of these teams are so evenly matched. Like these games, like 
Mississippi State, Oregon could really go either way. I mean, on paper, you look at you know Mississippi State playing in the tough SEC, and you have the underachieving Ducks who do have the talent. You know, they finally made the tournament. They had the talent, but these two teams are just so evenly matched. It's going to be some great games in this tournament. If Michigan State can pull off, you know, get to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight, how many people outside of East Lansing are actually thinking about that? They're probably thinking they'll lose maybe 5-12 or they'll lose to Pitt. So it's going to mess up a lot of people's brackets. I'm keeping my eye on the Michigan State women's bracket. I have not seen their name uh, written here on ESPN.com yet. I got, I'm keeping my eye on that, hoping. Got my fingers crossed for the women because that would be great to have both teams in the tournament. They deserve it. Oh, definitely. They had a, they ended the season on a hot streak. And what a reward to Susie Merchant and her squad, although they'd be v- seated very high in the teens somewhere. Just to be in the tournament says a lot and for a coach in her first year. Um, quickly, um, I go to Raymar Morgan. He didn't have such a stellar Big Ten tournament. He'll admit that himself. Uh, caught up with Raymar Morgan. Um, a quick interview, but here's what Raymar Morgan had to say. In this edition of the Sport and Sports Podcast, we're talking to Raymar Morgan, the all-Big Ten forward, Raymar Morgan, second team uh, named by the coaches and also by the media. And, Ray, uh, first for the coaches' honor especially, uh, what does it mean for all the coaches in the Big Ten to vote you uh, amongst the top ten players in the Big Ten? Um, it's a privilege. I'm honored to just be uh, mentioned. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just proud to be on this team, and, and, and hopefully we can get accomplish something in the future. It seems like in this program, uh, individual honors are nice, but but it, it's usually a team concept. Has has that ever been been? I mean, as the team sees success, as the individual things come to? Oh, definitely. Uh, whenever the team's winning and, and, and succeeding, I think each individual is going to succeed and, and, and uh, be uh, uh, awarded at the end. Looking forward to the postseason uh, heading uh, with a rematch of Ohio State. What, what are some of the things that you guys learned from that game on Sunday that you can take into the Big Ten tournament? Um, I think we just got to cut down on turnovers. Um, we got to attack their press more and, and just be more aggressive um, on the offensive end. Just take care of the ball. My fault on that one. <laughs> Talking to Ohio State, we'll skip right past that. My bad. I'll pick the, I clicked the wrong Raymar Morgan f- file. Obviously, that wasn't even my voice. It's all right. We fumble, you know. We're human. We, we're, we are human. So, um, quickly, um, women's tournament, are you still impressed with this team if, in fact, they don't make the tournament? I'm constantly updating the page to see if they do. Definitely, because if they don't get into the NCAAs, they're shooing for the WNIT, and they can make a nice run in there, too. Um, the team played to their potential towards the end of the season. When you have a, a you know a first-year coach and a lot of freshmen and sophomore, but you know that combination is going to take some time to figure out what works. But they eventually figured it out, and they played well. So I, I think they, they're going to get into the tournament. They're going to win a couple of games. Um, quickly, what's going to be the key for Michigan State men's team to have a successful tournament run here uh, with five minutes to go on the show? Post play. They have depth and senior leadership you know travis walton you know has the leadership of a senior but realistically it's going to be the post play can you know sutan and name it bring it pavel your thoughts drew neitzel has to continue to play like he has been playing in the big 10 tourney and i feel like when we try to run it causes a lot of turnovers because we're really indecisive with the ball so we need to cut back on the turnovers and that rebounding edge uh it's really going to be key we've always been a good rebounding team so that's three right there Ray, your thoughts? Michigan State keys to a good tournament run. I'd say definitely rebounding and uh, Nysel catching hot because I know as Nysel you know plays well, so does the team. So I, I would go with uh, Nysel and not rebounding. 
Brigitte, your thoughts? Uh, Knightsville will have to play well, and I think we saw what happened on Saturday when the big men get into foul trouble. So keep the fouls low and keep free throw shooting to a minimum, and then we'll be good. Half the women's bracket has been filled out, and Michigan State women's team has not been named yet. So 50% chance of making it. Um, so we've got Oklahoma City and Spokane Regionals still to go for Michigan State's women's team. Um, it should be announced shortly, so I'll keep my eye on this, hoping that Michigan State women's team makes the tournament as well. Um, watching the selection show while listening, the women aren't in the NCAAs, says one of our guests, one of our listeners, pardon me, Tony Costella. So t- it seems to be um, unofficially reported that the women's team has not made the NCAA tournament, which would be a it's a tough blow, um, but in your first season, not a letdown, I'm assuming? No, I mean, you take what you can get. I mean, obviously, they, everybody wants to make it to the tournament, but only 65 teams can, so there's going to be some disappointment. But that just means that you have to take that chip, use it when you get to the WNIT, and beat some people up with it. So, you know, nothing to be down about. If this is true that the women do, do not, I don't want to officially report, I haven't read it, but according to one of our listeners he's watching the selection show now and uh, perhaps the online is bracket is not as quick as the tv clearly <laughs> um but michigan state women apparently not in the ncaa tournament not a letdown though uh in Susie merchant's first season um but t- with uh mentality you just have to go into the wnit and say we this is important it's significant and we want to win it um, and I think I have a new appreciation for conference tournaments after being a part of this past weekend's in Indianapolis. It meant a lot to this team to lose, and it would have meant a lot to win it as well. I think conference tournaments have significance. Um, I was going to get in a, a talk of uh, academics in the Final Four. We're going to have to save that till next weekend. Um, but if quickly ending, who do you pick as your first round upset? First round upset. Um, I'll say upset as a, a five-seater higher beating uh, their opponent. Um, I'm going to go personally. I'm going to take Baylor, an 11-seed, beating a six-seed Purdue. I've got Arizona, a 10-seed, beating a seven-seed. And I've also got uh, Davidson beating Gonzaga. Those are my two upsets. Davidson has won a ridiculous amount of consecutive games, haven't they? Yep, they have. Uh, 20-something in a row. It's ridiculous. Give me a first-round game that we can bank on an upset. Uh, George Mason over Notre Dame. George Mason over the Fighting Irish, the Fighting Lou Holtzes. <laughs> Pavel, a first round upset. Baylor over Purdue. Ba- Waiting, yeah, it's a good call. You know, copy off me. Sienna. Sorry, <laughs> Sienna. Sienna <laughs> over they, Vandy. A 13 seat. Brigitte, I first round. I agree with Ray. I think uh, Notre Dame. I think they're going to lose. Tough break. Heron Goaty, great player, though, down at Notre Dame. Great I got break. the play-in winner beating North Carolina. That's my upset. <laughs> you are just making Six- out with that mic over there. 16 over 1. That's what I'm going with. Wow, unbelievable. But uh, as, I, as I c- consistently Maybe update this uh, this bracket, it, it appears as if Michigan State women's team, is in, they are not in the NCAAs. Tough news for Susie Merchant, but they'll recover. They're, they'll be in the WNIT. They're shooing, like you said. Uh, and they're a dangerous team playing well late in the season, and we wish them the best of luck. Uh, but here's best of luck to Michigan State. Denver, Thursday, 12.30 p.m. It's going to be on CBS. Um, I'm assuming all of us here are not attending our respective classes Thursday. <laughs> I've got an exam till 12.30. Skip it. 
Skip it. You better. If the players don't have to go to class, neither do I. You, you know, better. <laughs> you, you better finish that exam early. Sprint to the whip. Have the Have the radio yeah, like set to the chance. game. Like I'll see. Yeah, definitely going to. Have quickly, Pavel. I'm sorry, I forgot this one. Spartan hockey. They falter against Northern Michigan in the CCHA region, the quarterfinals. Well, how worried are you that they're not going to make the tournament? Oh, they're going to make the tourney. Any team that beats the number one team twice, which was Michigan. They're going to get in. There's 16 teams that get in the NCAA tourney. Uh, we're sitting about ninth right now. So as long as there's no big upsets in the conference tournaments, we should get in the top 16. So there you heard it. Michigan State Hockey seems that they'll be in the tournament as well. So uh, for Ray Mara, Jamal Spencer, Bavel Kaufman, Brigitte Roy, and thank you. We'll be back next week talking whether or not Michigan State is in the Sweet 16. Uh, thanks for listening. This has been the Spartan Sports Wrap. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.